What's the big idea? I'm ready. Okay, are you ready? Episode number 53. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could celebrate. Yeah. This is officially, uh, over, yeah, officially sure. past a year of volleyballology. Thanks to everybody who's been, uh, you know, supporting us. And Oh, are you way off camera? I think you're oh. way off camera. Do you think maybe? Do you want no, this one? This one. Oh, is it way off? It's. It seems to be way. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're cut off too much. Oh. Let's just see. Could be my. I am thicker torsoed. <sighs> maybe if I. No, I'm just. A little more. A little more. Right there. That should be good. Yeah. Yeah. In case you're listening to this, uh, we're adjusting the camera so Eric can be on camera. He's wearing a nice uh some technical nice issues. Pink, pink shirt today. I like that shirt. Oh, thanks, it's very man. uh flamingo. Yeah. I like it. Flamingo. Um yeah, so this is over a year, so we want to say thanks to everybody who's listened and subscribed. Again, if you haven't subscribed, it really helps us if you go to YouTube and hit that subscribe yep. button. Even if you don't even if you don't care about subscriptions, <laughs> yeah. it just helps us. Our self esteem is very much tied to the number of yes. subscriptions we have. So if you don't subscribe then we feel bad and we might quit we mm -hmm. might just quit like one day you know? threaten them yeah. with. <laughs> we're gonna quit if you don't like this or subscribe to us um that's not very conducive to today's topic no it's not and that's why i did it on purpose oh, of course to I show people just in. how uh negative yeah yeah we still want you to subscribe but i did it on purpose because and thank you to <laughs> to our to sponsor the, Oh, no, I was going to say everyone who said that they are still here listening. Right. <laughs> yes. If anybody is, uh, yeah, we we asked in the show for people to go to YouTube and comment on the video. If if they're on Apple or Spotify or Amazon or whatever they're listening to us on, if they could go to YouTube and leave a comment just to let us know that you're still listening to the end of the episode. Yeah. And we had actually a couple people, and we thank you very much for the people listening. We thank you very much. Yeah. They went to YouTube and said, I just came here to say I'm still here <laughs> or I'm here. Way more than I expected. Yeah. Which is <laughs> like zero. I think, so. I think it's two people. Yeah. Twice as I, yeah. I think it was three. Maybe three, maybe three. three. Yeah. Anyway, we're very grateful, and we're hoping that you know now that we're saying it earlier in this episode, maybe we'll get more like, "I'm here." They can pretend they're listening to the. Yeah. End. We won't know. That's true, because yeah. That time we said it at the end, but now if we say it at the beginning, maybe mm. the numbers are going to be through the roof. Like we could get up into the uh, double digits, digits maybe. maybe. Whoa, yeah. That would be. So all you have to do is go to YouTube and you say, "I'm still here," or "I'm here," not "I'm still." <laughs> Just. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still here. Isn't that a movie? Anyway. Huh? Um, so I know yeah, what and, you and did then last summer? I know what you I did. Mean, yeah, just go last, type. I know what you did last episode. <laughs> just go type. I know what you did last summer or uh, scream three. No, uh, and then we'll know you're listening. But anyway, that's that's enough. That's a, enough. Mm -hmm. That's a hell of a heck of a preamble. Wow. Uh, today's episode is called um, creating uh, team culture. Yeah. Right. And this is, I mean, players, coaches, and parents can listen to this because. The idea is, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there, I think, that coaches that get away from coaches and the coach doesn't know how to reel them back in. I actually saw some posts about that today on social media. And then there's also like parents who have to deal with this issue of like a, you know, positive team culture. Can parents contribute to a team culture? Can players contribute? Obviously, players can contribute to a team culture. So we're hoping that all of our audience can can listen. All, all, uh, you know, <laughs> all of our people. friends and relatives who listen mm. to the show can, can uh, really help chip in and fix... Uh, team culture you must have a big family then I, well i'm brown so <laughs> as you know 
Those, uh, anyway, I won't <laughs> say, I can't get too racist, even against myself, because people listening too, on the radio. I don't want to get too racist. Yeah. <laughs> can, a little, can, one, can one be too, too no. uh, just so everybody if you're listening to us and you've never seen us i am uh, brown so i can say these things uh but uh, racism of course knows no color right anybody can be racist right people forget that you know i can be just as racist as the next guy. <laughs> anyway this is a bad topic anyway so so how do we cultivate eric early thoughts uh how can are, are you talking coach player parent who do you, who do you want to talk to first uh uh, everyone, I guess the the first everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing uh, I'm thinking of, and just kind of based on our conversation of a different topic before we got going here, was just like the idea of growth. Mm. Um. Yeah, for growth is just going to lead to happiness and f- fulfillment, and probably satisfaction, or probably the big word would be fulfillment. And I think that's probably. Did you hear that? Did what? you hear that? Did you hear that noise? No. Oh, okay. I was undoing my zipper. Oh, <laughs> on my on my hoodie. Wow. No, Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I don't have. Um, anyway. <laughs> Jeez. If you heard that noise, my hoodie zipper. See, and I use not. the word growth, and then you talk about that. That's just really not. Well, it's just you know, you know room to grow. Uh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Wow. Hoodie zipper. You need to go get a coffee. I think, I'm not even wearing any me. pants, so it couldn't be inappropriate. <laughs> I wouldn't know. So, I can't, I no, can't I know. see. No, yeah. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, growth. I think growth is important. So yes. I'm talking like obviously skill-wise and then uh, I think just as a, as an athlete, like going through tough things and then getting through them and then like not being judged, that leads into like a, the sec- another thing I was thinking of, which is well, yeah, the, the element of doing tough things and then for the coach to kind of cultivate that, you want to do a few, I guess the one big thing is that, I, again, I was just thinking this is like non-favoritism, kind of trying to treat each athlete as as uh, fair as possible and like trying to care for all of them. I know it, it's it's hard sometimes as a coach, like sometimes you just naturally gravitate your attention to a few particular athletes or maybe you have an athlete who's very like reticent or like doesn't want too much attention it just naturally happens that way but mm-hmm. um letting if, if the athletes go through uh things and they get better they do tough things they do like uh like they're even doing training right, right? <clears throat> it's funny how just <laughs> like doing something like exercise and then sport which obviously exercise helps sport it just just stay in the sport in a good way in a welcoming environment and you will almost in a way automatically create a good a- atmosphere mm-hmm stuttering a little bit yeah and you're kind of like all over the place yeah sorry i know (laughs) main thing sorry main thing was growth (laughs) so how does a player grow like what so you mean the growth of the player if that's there then that's how you yeah well the first fundamental thing is just their their ability as a volleyball player i would think like in terms of it needs to get better like or yeah, I would think the the growth of their skills mm-hmm. and then maybe their like power and speed is getting better. They're jumping higher. Okay, um, so if a, if a player's noticing growth in yes, themselves, yes. And if they're learning, is that what you're getting at? Then yeah. they will learn. That, that's 100%. Like so if the coach has merit and skill level and the players are seeing improvement, that really helps team culture in a big way. Yeah, yeah, I would think 100%, so. 100%. Yeah, because they're seeing the, the rewards. And yeah. they're seeing there's a common sense and there's a logic and there's a caring person who's actually helping them improve. Because what happens in the opposite scenario where a coach, like you've had this, I've had this, where a coach might be giving advice 
that doesn't work mm. in reality, but they're just saying something they saw online or they heard someone else saying. And you want to keep playing the sport and you know you're going to have to bear with them for the entire season because you love the sport of volleyball and mm -hmm. they are what they are. They're a factor that you can't really control. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to say muddy the or stir the pot by Speaking getting into that with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and then you get the, this whole culture where the team, the players are sort of talking behind their backs about the coach and Everyone they're like, and they go back to the change room and they're like, did you see what he or she said today? And then it's yes, like, then it, it's just, gonna... and then it becomes this weird thing. And then they look at each other when you're talking and they're rolling their eyes a bit. And then the coach feels that they've lost them, but they don't know that it's because what they're telling them is wrong. I mean, I think every parent listening right now has probably had a scenario where their kids know more than their coach. Uh, it, you know, again, not to not, there's a lot of good coaches out there, but again, the good coaches don't necessarily know what other coaches are out there. And, um, there's a lot of times where just the players know that what the coach is telling, like my, my daughter's scenario of like coaches telling them to all serve less aggressively as a team was yeah. like the whole team checked out. Like, what are you talking about? We're like 17 year old girls here and you're telling us to serve less aggressively. Like, it's a very weird thing to say. What do you like the, the the thing that really scares me about that is you know when they go back to the the team room and then one person kind of mentions it is that you could have an athlete who's generally not um, uh, have the tendency to somewhat talk negatively of other but now you're you're creating this environment is now created where you can kind of openly talk trash about the coach and like mm -hmm. that's not a good habit you want to start forming right yeah um, and it's, it, and it's horrible because like the players can't just like it's also then it turns into the emperor has no clothes like you can't like you don't want an environment where players can't talk about it yeah like, right. you know what i mean like it's it's such a weird thing like we're all supposed to be living the lie and well, these seasons are long we we want them to speak in some form of like stoic way that marcus aurelius would know about but mm -hmm. we're talking young athletes here and like even though like they're not that type of person like they don't know <laughs> mm -hmm. that they may not be thinking, oh, the coach is out of our control. We just need to like. Yeah, they won't have these composed thoughts. Yeah, so. like, I mean, the, some might, but like more, but even for more anybody, so as an adult. But, but even as an adult, don't you think like it's impossible? Like if you, yeah, if you're is, going yeah. to, let's any other, any other aspect in the world. So if I go somewhere, right, let's suppose I sign up for an art class, okay? And the person teaching the art class starts telling me stuff like, you know, paint by numbers type of stuff or like stuff that I know even in my limited knowledge isn't really right or proper. Like connect the dot art yeah, class? Yeah, like, like, well, let's suppose they, they didn't know their stuff and yeah. it became obvious that they, yeah, connect the dots or like paint by numbers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it became obvious that this person was not knowledgeable. I, I can be as stoic as I want to, but I'm like, you know, and there's time that is being paid. There's money that's being paid. Yeah. And it's really difficult to remain... Uh, I mean, I, you know, I mean, you can be respectful. You can say to yourself, I'll use this as an exercise in patience. We're getting into a really specific situation here with this. Eh? Well, it's basically, it, I don't mean the paint by numbers, but no, no but I mean the, the, the coach where the, the athletes know more, um, you know, this, cause really should the, should the athletes speak up? I tried doing that once. It didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> it was yes, a, it a varsity program. It really backfired. Yes. I was yes, captain and, yes. uh, I don't know any athlete where it did work out well because mm. but that's not because the athlete was wrong it's because the coach was so insecure like you know when you're someone in any situation who doesn't know what they're doing really 
um yeah the tendency is like you know that so you try to portray a certain image and the minute someone calls you out on it you're gonna lash out you would you would think i would have had some backlash but nothing yeah. came of it it's well just the, the fact that nothing came of it is why it was such a failure <laughs> yeah that's true too and you didn't but it was almost in your case it was almost like a uh like the coach really didn't have an answer yeah. And so he just kind of acted like it never happened. And the athletic director was like, well, you guys are winning, so it's working. Yeah. Pretty much. But you were winning in a division that was sort of like, well, uh, I like to call yeah. that fool's gold, right? Where yeah. it was not in, in, a, in a very easy division. And then as usual, you guys got creamed because you didn't have the coaching. I guess, yeah, conference. Yeah. Your conference, East, was, yeah, con- your conference yeah. was easier. And then. And then you guys got creamed in a, in a year probably where you sh- you should have put up a better fight against them, but that's where the coaching that team that's where probably the, that team was good could have been that second or first good. yeah yeah, yeah. and should have uh, been but the coaching that's where the coaching and knowledge really yeah. comes through in those close matches against great teams it's like a few points here or there and you know I can't really blame the coach either because that was a new experience for them but it was interesting it was interesting because i remember that year and that's sort of what i want to get to that second point because your team also had a bit of a toxic culture yeah among the teammates and my point and you sort of hinted at this too the number one thing i think right off the bat like if for any coach listening to this uh and any parents and players you'll know that this is true if a coach has uh different rules for different players yeah then that's that's the number one reason why teams start infighting and they get like toxic backbiting and teams players not liking each other resenting each other so if you are a coach just be very careful because i saw a post today on uh facebook that said um a coach that was talking about how his teams got this sort of negative attitude and a lot of like infighting on the team. And I'll never like, listen to what they said in their post. They said, our team isn't very deep. So benching players isn't an option. Benching starters isn't an option. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. What would would you say to that? Well, that, yeah, that's a, foul right there like yeah you're already break yeah you're breaking breaking like a coaching rule because that's where you can utilize the power of benching someone yeah as a uh i guess yeah fo- a, a tool. way of following the rule a tool, it's a yeah. policy it's a discipline it's because that that's the thing you have to go through tough things together which sport is but you all have to do it by playing by the same rules exactly and that's the thing it's always going to be hard so there's always going to be a tendency to try to bend the rules to show mm-hmm. up late to not go to training to not yeah to get behind on your yeah. grades right Te- yeah test the boundaries yeah yeah that's what kids do and like so that coach broke the rule of like no if you you bench the players that are the problem uh because your goal as a coach is to teach them about life you're supposed to sacrifice the wins in youth yeah. volleyball for life lessons yeah <laughs> right you want these kids because all you're teaching them is that oh okay if you're an a-hole or you're a jerk that's okay. Yeah. Uh, as long you know, because we we have really bad players on the bench. No, the whole lesson is, wow, you're a jerk in life, and you need to not be a jerk in life. I bet you that coach was afraid to bench them. Yeah. Sort of well, I like. mean, it was such a weird thing because they were like coming to social media for help, and yet they they threw that line in there. And I like I think I responded and I said like, you you're kind of like you know you got to teach these kids about life not yeah. sport and the fact that you're not willing to sacrifice the loss for personality issues is a problem 
Like that's, that's explains exactly why. So that's, that's the point for me is that coaches who do that stuff, who don't understand what youth sports is about, they create toxic teams. I've seen coaches do this where like, you know, player misses a bunch of practices going into a big tournament. And this is beyond the fair play rule that you can bench anybody you want. And then that player starts the big tournament uh, and the rest of the kids on the bench who are almost equal in skill, not just coach's favorite, right? Uh, or maybe even better, honestly, you sat on the bench to start. And they're, you should have seen their faces on the bench. Yeah. I was watching them and I was like, you just lost your whole team. Yeah. You just lost your whole team. And I remember there was another situation where a coach came to me and asked me, um, this player sk- uh, skipped, missed all our morning practices coming into this this last cha- game to move on in the playoffs. Uh, this is like a multi-day playoff thing. Do you think I should bench them? And I said, well, listen, I know you want to win and I know it's high school or whatever, but... I think you have to send a message to your teammates yeah. that this is unacceptable. Morning practices, you know, she could have been there. She wasn't sick. There was no other excuse. Just she didn't want to wake up. I said, um, I would venture at least the first few points just to send a message. If, you're, if you feel like the backup is not, personally, I would have not played the player in the first set. Maybe not, maybe not even the second. Like I'm like, I want to teach the students about hard work discipline who's here and and I, in fairness honestly i didn't think the backup player who was on the bench was much worse than this player mm. and i think it also does something for team morale too right when you're like okay yeah we showed up you know the kids that woke up at 6 a.m to get to practice you're kind of sending a good message to them too mm. but she ended up so she ended up she said okay i'm gonna ask the players this. and i was like are you gonna ask the players you can ask the children yeah what they should do yeah the, the kids who would want to play on the highway if you like you're them. supposed to lead them yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so then she asked the players and of course they're like no no we want to win we want to win yeah we want to of win. course and then they went out there and you know what they they played the worst they played all year and uh they didn't have a bench to go to because the kid that they got benched who showed up for repractice when they came in they were like such a missed so opportunity checked out. Eh? All the kids that w- woke up early, showed up to practice, they checked out, yeah, lost the team. Whereas if you do it the other way, you tell everybody. And again, it can't just happen in the final playoff. It should be happening from day one, yeah, right? It's from that first time that player missed practice, or like you know, or like with unexplained. Obviously, you know, coaches need to have hearts when people really miss for real reasons. But if it's mm. just like I don't want to get up early, that's kind of that's really that's when you got to st- stamp that behavior out. And that. Again, another opportunity in a, in a negative way where you're creating this scenario where they can start to talk negatively. And then if that keeps happening, again, you can have an athlete, like they're, they're, these are kids, they're unformed in some way, right? That's the purpose of us as coaches or as teachers to show them. But now it's, it's like, um, it's almost like, you know what they say about like German Shepherds or any of those really high functioning like uh, dog breeds? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to teach them stuff. You have to really stimulate their mind. Otherwise, they go neurotic. They go kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's like this. If you're just like giving them a really crappy environment and you're showing them that their hard work doesn't matter or whatever, they're going to start That's talking it. negatively. That's it. And just like any habit, if it happens once and then it happens again, it's going to start to form and like... You can have kids who are generally great kids all of a sudden start to think negatively and put yep. a negative aspect on team sports and then this whole negative connection on what hard work and doing something difficult can have uh, the benefit of that together. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to be discouraged and walk away from it. So 100%. Yeah, I think that like the the coach that sort of acts like, I mean, I don't know if uh, anybody knows who Atticus Finch is or remembers like To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, Atticus Finch in that book always does the right thing. 
you know? And I think that's an interesting thing. So a coach is like... It's fiction though, right? It's fiction based on a true story. <laughs> based on a true story. Uh, so like if you are a person who lives with a high ethical standard as a coach, you know what the right thing to do is. I, I think most people do. But I think mm-hmm. they get caught up in thinking they're a pro coach, like we talked about in other episodes, mm-hmm. thinking about wins. They think that they're doing the right thing by letting the rule-breaking great player play the important game. Mm-hmm. When really, just like in life, we say this all the time, eh? how often is the easy thing the right thing? The harder thing, generally speaking, is the right thing. You know, And in this case, the harder thing for a coach to do is to take the L or even give up the big lead by benching the player that has broken the rules or, you know, consistently broken the rules, uh, even if they're high skilled. And what that does is you might have that one player pissed off at you, um, but you'll have 11 other players or however many players on your roster that will then go through a brick wall for you. And even if that kid is, so let's suppose the, the offending player, great player, is pissed off at you for what you did, then that tells you they don't have what it takes anyway. But also, it may be the best thing that happened to them. Yes. So if they agree with, like, so it depends on how they handle that, right? Yeah, they could be mad initially. Yes. But then stick with it, stay on the team, and then you'll respect that. I'm sure later on that will be paid forward to them as long as they're able to yes. stay welcome on the team. And yeah. And some, so that's what I was going to say. How that, if a player disagrees with you and never comes around and still thinks you're a jerk for doing the right thing, then that's a player doesn't have it. Yeah. If though, the other side of it is that some players learn through that behavior and they're like, oh, wow, that kid's getting more time than me because they show up because they're on time because yes. they don't give attitude to the refs or coaches when, when it's not warranted. Um, they might start to get dragged by the group into a more positive light. And yeah. that's where you become a teacher now, not just a coach. And that's, uh, I think I think that's the number one thing is a coach that is just like, here are the rules. And we talked about this in an episode, like a great way for a coach to do this so they don't feel like they're the one doing it is, you know, sit down with your team at the start of the year, write down a list of team rules that and come up with it as a team and team consequences and then when everybody's there, they all know the right things to say. They're yeah. all going to say like, yeah, we shouldn't be late for practice. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't miss practice. Yeah, we should. Here's the consequence. If you, They'll all say the right things because everybody knows these things. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, you can now rely, rely on that sheet that we all drew together. We all have pictures of it in our phones, whatever. Um, that, then you can rely on the sheet and the rules that we came up with together, not you, the coach. If, if you are one of those coaches who's a little bit afraid to lay down the law, it's a great way to have the team or the the rules lay down the law. I like the, because in that, in, in that example, we're starting to see that there is a separation between the coach and the team and, and the shared outcomes um, because it's the coach, it's not the, again, if they're taking the, the result of their team too much, like, too much on them like the, the care about too much about the wins it's really it's the wins of the for the team and the athletes mm-hmm. the coach is there to be the teacher and the guide so ha- that coach a lot like letting that player play the one who's now showed up late that means that they are now taking the they're caring too much about the result or whatever and the the result is completely on the shoulders of the athletes mm. in in the games i would think like the coach is there to teach them in practice but once I think the point I'm trying to make is that they needed to then, yeah, bench that player for the first set or whatever, mm. and then just play because it really shows that 
the team will now get the message that the outcome is totally on us. And you, the player who's late, you are one of us and you've now put us in this situation. We now have to step up, right? right? It's really not about the coach at all. Yes. But them allowing the, allowing that player to, to play, they're now mixing themselves in the pot as one of the players almost. I get that feeling, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, yes. So Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, and that's the lesson, you're right. I think that's another good way to frame it was every coach should think about the message they're sending the other players. Because it could really fire up some some of the other players. Yes. Right? Yeah, give them an opportunity to play. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times. I said this to uh, a friend the other day. I was like. I've benefited from that before. Yeah. And I've coached teams where a player that I put in shocked me in the game. Mm. And then the player that I thought was the player that was underperformed. And I, I don't know that I remember seeing that. And I think I, I wasn't that player necessarily, necessarily, but I did raise my game in a game. And I know that I played better in games yeah. than, than in warm ups and even practice. Like I could try to get, but as a shorter guy, I needed to get pumped up about a blocker or something to jump as high as I could. And so, but I didn't, I didn't carry that with me into coaching as much as I just, I just, I remember literally having players who were like, wow, that player is way better in the game than I thought they would. And I was flexible enough to change things when needed. And I think a lot of coaches don't give themselves an opportunity to let those kids shine, either yeah. through a disciplinary act or whatever. Just, it, it is a missed opportunity because that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Then it's, yeah. And, and I think it ties, so maybe that's our, another point I had um, that ties that. So that, that's really important. So consistent rules across the team. Number one reason why toxic cultures develop is a coach who breaks the rules for certain players and not yeah. for others. You even see this all the way up in pro sports, right? You, you yeah. see some coaches that are buddy buddies well, if we're gonna with talk certain about, players. And, yeah, if we're going to talk about great players, like do you think Jordan and all these other guys were late, late to practice? I yeah. highly doubt it. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, like those guys, like those, those superstar team leaders, they're, if, it's cool if they're hard on their teammates as long as they're hard on themselves. Yeah. All right. You can't just be hard on like I, I'll be honest with you, like in a business sense, like you know, what we were talking about before the show, right? Like I think that I might be high expectation guy to work with, uh, you know, as as a business owner, but I do put it on myself too. That's the mm. one. Like nobody can look at me and say like, oh, he's not busting his ass, you know. So I I yeah. think I'm okay to expect that from people. I know they're not going to care as much as me, obviously, but I try to put them in situations where they feel entrepreneurial or they have you know maybe an entrepreneurial angle like we talked about. Yeah. Or an, or an opportunity to be entrepreneurial on their own. Like I, I love to foster that. Um, so I think that, yeah, it, it's in, in well, the same. It, and if you didn't, and if the, the players were thinking of these pros on whatever basketball or whatever, they wouldn't actually exist in that capacity. They yeah. wouldn't be a pro at that high level right. if they weren't actually putting their feet before their words. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? Because like, you know what? I was thinking about that during the last dance and watching Michael Jordan talk about other teammates. And you know what? It's interesting to me is that every athlete that he was crapping on or criticizing, think about it. They made it to the NBA. So they were elite hard workers who had all the right tools, but then there was this other level, (laughs) right? And so what I compare that situation to, I remember like talking about this with someone uh, a while ago and I was thinking, they're almost like they're all entrepreneurs in the NBA, let's say, or NHL or any pro athlete. And you're all business owners, let's say. And then there's one business owner who is like, now you're working on a group business together, right? Because you each independently are great, yeah, right? Yeah. But now you're in this group business that you signed up for. And someone is like, whoa, 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 your definition yeah. of hard work isn't 
right. It's in the same. Yeah, you know, you've mine. made it. You've made it to a very high level. Yeah. But there's you're letting me down now. Like you know what I mean? Now there's a team here aspect, and you're not pulling your weight as one of the high achievers. It's fun, fascinating, eh? That even in an um, you know, in a, what are you like a stratosphere or strata, yeah, a level of greatness. Levels, yeah. In there, there's this other like. Um, what are you doing? Like you're letting us down. And all these people, probably their whole lives, they probably weren't used to hearing that. Yeah. Right. Because they were the stars wherever they were. So it's fascinating because I think that that can happen. Like my theory is like to like, you know, going off the top, you said the thing about skill level and the players developing. You know, I, I do find that coaches, they always put this hard work and dedication thing and coachable stuff on the players. But I think coaches should put that same level of, uh, you know, criteria on themselves hmm. are you as a coach coachable are you as a coach doing all you can to get better because mm -hmm. so many times they talk about oh players don't work hard enough players aren't coachable and i'm looking at the coach and i'm like when's the last time you opened up a youtube video or when's the last time you opened up a coaching book when's the last time you went to go watch a great coach coach like, mm -hmm. you know how easy that would be to go watch a, a local coach that you know to be high level or a varsity coach or post-secondary coach that you know you know how easy it would be to like show up at a practice and watch them? Like nothing. Oh, that's what, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I hope you're just talking about practice because of the game. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but even at a game, like like I see coaches that don't even look at systems. Like they don't even know where yeah. defensive players are supposed to be on the court because they don't even put on a YouTube video to see what what a coach is doing. Like I, to me, I just think that's a no-brainer. That yeah. Like that's how I find out, like, you know, I, I stay on top of trends in volleyball by watching online oh wow look what they're doing now or yeah like, you know i actually answered a question about um the right sides because some parent was asking about how their 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 old team their right side player used to be the backup setter or the alternate setter and now this team that they're on the coach is like no 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 we never have the right side service second setter so i wrote a little post about how when the libero came into the game that sort Five of is the right side well the right side became sort of obsolete as the backup setter libero became secondary setter and some teams even use the middle now right and um so i put down the years when that all changed and that the that when the libero came then the right side hitter became that's when the right side hitters the became the banger yeah they became elevated as yeah. these hitters so they were too valuable to be second setter um and, and, you know, people don't know that stuff. And it's like, that's the mm. type of, um, that's the type of stuff that a coach might not even know, right? Like if you're not keeping up with volleyball, yeah. like that team, that the coach that she had now was accurate about, yeah, we, we don't have a right side set, but the coach the year before always had the right side set and that's obsolete. That mm -hmm. idea is gone now. It should be anyway. Um, so, you know, that's just like a coach who's not doing their due diligence. It's not doing their job. Even just putting on a YouTube video to see, like, oh, some teams are letting the middle set in, uh, you know, U.S. college volleyball now. Yeah, like watching, but also being skeptical and just using your own brain to kind of differentiate things and, like, actually go through and imagine, is this, like, is this legitimate? Is there good reason behind this? Mm. Like, can I actually, you know, and then... Yeah, like we do this all the time with yeah. fitness and yeah, like you don't want to be a parent. You don't want to be too vulnerable to everything, but yeah, but you know, putting on a great team that you know is great. Let's say U.S. College Ball, right? Yeah, and then yeah, um, exactly, and, then, and then like looking at their system and saying yeah. that's got to be yeah, it's got to have some merit. Yeah, that's, that's probably <laughs> you know. Well, what about that game that oh uh, the Wisconsin? Yeah, game? yes, we didn't talk about that. For Crazy, God. eh? 
Unbelievable. That's, that's what I wanted to do in the top. Maybe that was going to be a topic I wanted to do. Yeah. But the, if you don't, like, I mean, I think everybody heard by now, 92,000 people for an outdoor sporting event. I mean, Unreal. It was indoor volleyball. Yeah. In a, in a giant stadium. Largest women's sporting yeah. event ever. That just happened this past week, in case you're watching this years in the future, but this yeah. is 2023. 20, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, this is August. Yeah. Some August, 20, August, yeah, some, end of know. August, yeah, yeah, end of August, yeah. <laughs> and um, no, but it was such a cool thing, and like, I I wanted to do a topic, and we should we should do a topic about like is women's volleyball the future of like, you know, like, like a real Women's sport in general? Yeah, like just in terms of like, is it is it going to be the forerunner in like equality in sports because it volleyball women's uh, indoor and beach volleyball seem to be the team sport at least team sport that is really like on par with the male side like you know you can argue the male side is harder hits harder hits and more exciting bangs and you know plays but there's something about the female game that's very fun to watch because the rallies do last longer yeah and there is you know fundamentally and technically some really cool things to watch that the viewer can I, like a male volleyball viewer who's like played male volleyball his whole life can watch the women's game with an equal amount of interest. Yeah, those long rallies are you can't not watch them because it's yeah. just like the digs and like and the, the women scrambles. are still cranking it. Yeah, like and on then, their net, and then they have to keep going. You have to be that physical, yes. jumping, diving, and keep going until yeah. someone someone gets the point right. Yeah. So. And like on the beach, it's the same. Like you can watch a women. Like I yeah. can watch. Like I so I was a male player. Like I had two daughters, so I started watching more women's volleyball. Just obviously them playing, and then we'd watch it together on TV or YouTube. And it's like it's exciting. And now I find myself watching women's volleyball almost more than the men's side because yeah. that's where my daughters want to be, kind of thing, right? And it's just it, I haven't. There's no drop off in excitement. So I think it's. I think we, we should do a show on that about how like female tennis is the other one that gets a lot of yeah because you can watch it's women women's tennis. Is, yeah, it's funny how there's tennis and volleyball seem to mm-hmm. connect in ways. But uh, those are the two where you can't say that there's a there's a like you know in hockey the argument is that well you know it's not as hard hitting as fast in basketball some people say well there's not as many dunks in women's volleyball or basketball but in volleyball and tennis there's like a real parody i think between the two and even and even maybe more um like sponsorship money in the female side of things and yeah uh, hopefully for the right reasons right wasn't the highest paid uh, volleyball athlete in the world a female uh, yes Chinese I, athlete? yeah yeah i believe so yeah so it's pretty pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah. But anyway. Uh, That's yeah. for episode 54. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> so. I think so. Um, but I was going to say, going back to this, like one of the things that sort of ties in with that consistent rules is uh, I think another toxic trait that I see at the club level a lot and in high school is when a coach puts a player in a box and doesn't yep. let them out when yeah. their play dictates. So Absolutely. Like, I, too many coaches, they put kids in boxes very early in their volleyball career. And then even when the kid has changed and has improved and strengthened, and I know there's parents listening to this nodding their heads, um, the coach doesn't see it. And the coach still yeah. goes back to the same other person, even though their team has changed. So I think if I were to label this one, it would be like a lack of flexibility in the coaches, uh, what the coach is seeing or locking players in a basket or a box. So coaches, if you're listening to this and you want to make sure your team doesn't lose its uh, positive culture, uh, being flexible to what kids are actually doing and letting every practice be an opportunity for kids to show you what they can do. Yeah. 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 I kind of recently experienced that actually at a, uh, 
club practice. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah, just, yeah, you went. Yes, you went one. Yeah. That's right. I, you know, the just the first thing I hear out of like the, the coach, he's just talking to me about all the athletes and then he's just kind of describing them as oh, like like as, as good or not good oh, and like boy. we don't know like this one's a bit of a head case and I'm like What age group was this? Uh it was 16U? 16, 17 years, mm, 17 yeah. years, 17 years. But some of them were like 15, 16. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 15, 16 year old yeah. boys, right? Boys, yeah. Mm. And it, it's just kind of weird hearing. I'm like, well, like you heard he's their head case or like where like where do you get this from? Or like mm. you don't know. Maybe like who who told you this? So yeah, like, and this is it? like early season here, right? Well, yeah, this is just, this is pre, it's all preseason stuff. Right, 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 right. So, you know, I... Yeah, I, I think it's it's one thing to kind of have an assessment of their skill level, mm-hmm. right? But then, like you said, each practice and game, you need to kind of reset that and give them just like a, a clean slate, a clean look. Like you yeah. don't, yeah, you don't want to be carrying these things over because that's how the box gets formed, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I don't know, just being open and and, and like not again as as humans. We, we like to put things in categories, right? That's what we do to simplify our lives and a universe that's, you know, too big for us to handle. We like to put things in categories. We were sort of talking about that before the I show. Think we, yeah, we can't help it, right? Like we run to security. So if, um, it's funny, I did think as a teacher, right? That was my other life as a teacher. And, you know, how many times teachers would come up to you and talk to you about, oh, you have this kid in your class, you have this kid in your class, oh, they're this, yeah. they're that. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'll wait and see. Like, I, I don't know, maybe they're maybe they're that way with you, but they won't be that way with me. Or it's like you with a with a new idea, or, you know, you go to talk to your friends or maybe it's a business idea and they all just want to be like, oh, you can't do that. Like, that's not going right. to work well or blah, blah. They're just a podcast kinda... about volleyball. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> Who's going to listen to that? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently 740 people. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they subscribe. Which our happiness depends on. Yeah, day, so. so just tell us you're here. <laughs> Please. Um, no, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, sorry. Did I cut you off? No. Uh, yeah, just the idea of putting someone in a box. I, th- I think we can't help it as people, mm. but... I think that's one of your duties as a coach or as a teacher is to always kind of reset that um, every time you're working with them. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't go in already having an assumption on them. Yeah. You know, like it. Like I've I've had difficult kids to coach for sure, and then I go home like the next day, and even when it's leading up to the next practice, I'm just sitting of thinking ways like how can I get them? Cause I'm having a tough time with them trying to understand a certain right. technical movement or like, so, and, I, and I'm just like, are they like more of a visual learner or are they, do I need to try something more kinesthetic? Like, can I do this? And then just talking with other, the, the funny thing is, is cause it was on my mind so much. Like I ended up talking to other fellow players, mm-hmm. uh, former varsity players. And then one of them told me this cool thing that her coach happened to show her. I'm like, Oh, that's such a great idea. It was like, you know, getting in that kind of bad posture for your forearm pass mm-hmm. is the idea of her coach had her uh, imagine or like literally wear a lanyard. And it's like, right. if the lanyard hits your chest, then you're going to run lines. So right. always stay in that. She oh, was a libero, that's, right? That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Down, low, forward, hunch position. That's Especially great. you're pretty much always going to see a libero like that, actually. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, so the, the fact that it was on my mind, I guess this is the due diligence, right? And this is yes. me caring. This is you caring, yes. And I ended up talking to it because it was on my mind so much. And I heard this great thing. I was like, oh, it's such a great idea. And then yep. I ended up having some good. And, and, it, then, and it passed through your filter as a player. 
Yeah. You're like, yes, that is how they stand, yeah. right? Like if, if she said something where like, yeah. you know, if she said like, you know, tape their boards to the, like some coaches <laughs> tape boards to forearms, right? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if that, you know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of slave. Like, well, and, and, and who knows? Because certain kids, they just, they may just need this extra, like not extra, but just a different angle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you explained it this way so many times. Try it from this way or yeah. try it from this way. You don't know. It just works in different ways for us. Yeah, I like that though, because that literally is the position that you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these years. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. I've been thinking about it because all these last two months, I'm like, it's bad posture. You want to be. Yes. You want to have shoulders bad rolled upper, forward. Yep. Right, and like, and I think my my favorite one was remember what mine is like for the forearm pass. Anyway, it was like remember I heard the holding a, a dime, yeah, a quarter in your belly button, yeah, that little tucked for and then roll the shoulders forward and shoulders shrugged so you don't swing your arms too crazy. Um, or you don't swing your arms much at all. And uh, that was mine. But that lanyard one is even better because that l- forward leaning thing of a. So, yeah, a even when bear. the ball's on the other side of the net, they're yeah, just they're st- always yeah, tracking. Yeah, you're just still, yeah, moving, tracking. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got uh, not putting players in a box. That sort of ties in with the skill one again, too, right? That's a good little piece where you're, the coach is thinking and flexing and changing. Um, uh, yeah, I just see that all the time where, like, a coach just won't um, – and it's funny how much of this is on the coach. Maybe – do you have any, like, related to, uh, like, parents? How can parents contribute to team culture? Do you have any of that? Or did you think of anything? Um, well, I think the being the parent where it's like, you know, okay, do you want me to be the the parent with criticism or do you want me to be the dad or do you want me to be the coach dad or mm-hmm. coach mom? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then differentiating between the two. So If you're qualified. Yeah. Well, right. And I think a parent can, even if they don't play volleyball and they're, you know, relatively self-aware, they can provide feedback on just like attitude. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very clear thing. Yeah. Just as a person who's living in the world and experience things, hopefully. The talks of accountability, like you've had with your daughters, it's like if if your child is like really, they finished practice or they come back from the tournament, they're just complaining. It's like, well, let's let's take a look how much work have you been putting into this mm-hmm. you know do you like have you been working hard have yes. you been doing little extra things outside of this you know have you been what are, what do we call it undeniable yes right that's that's the conversation i think every parent can have regardless yeah. of their uh playing the sport or not right so right. i think it's the only difference is like that's a tr- so parents like might have to step outside their skin on that one like it depends on what the parent's done in life. It's that the if the parent difficult has, thing to do. If the parent is right. good at recognizing their own accomplishments and what they took to get those things, yeah, yeah. whether it's a good marriage, a good job, a good you know business, whatever. So I, I it's a tricky one because you almost have to be a high achieving parent, or yeah, at least you, you recognize have to be somewhat of a role model. Not even high high achieving, maybe, but you have to recognize your own accomplishments because everybody has accomplishments, right. but they don't necessarily reflect on what got them those accomplishments. The reason mean? is because the consequence of this type of feedback is that it can push people away from you, mm. right? And but the thing is, if you are someone who is confident or somewhat of a high achiever, like your kids will naturally look to you no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I think that's the mm-hmm. the subconscious evaluates that. It's like, hey, if I give them this type of feedback, it'll push them away. I don't want to do this because I want them to love me forever type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to be their um, friend. Or, or like you're just not good at uh, understanding the path to high success. So you might not be able to see that issue of like, wow, you haven't done enough to be complaining. You know what I mean? 
But again, or I are think you this doing is something enough? that we all know, whether we have achieved something super high or not, because I think we can all think the right thing, but it's a matter of actually doing it. That I, think, is a, I think in that, in that case, you know? I don't know, because when it comes to work ethic and like earning the right to complain, I think our default is to go to the, the blame. I think our default is to go, it's easier to blame. And I think as society goes along, that's what we're all... Well, for sure, it's the easy thing. Yeah. But don't you think that anyone, we deep, deep anyone down know would what's wrong? know? Yeah. I don't know. know well, because if you know... I feel like whenever I do the blame thing, I'm immediately afterwards, I get this like... But you're a little different though. Pang, like, I'm like, yeah. this just feels wrong to But do I don't this. think you're the majority, right? Right, but... I think that you're, I think you're special. I think you're special. (laughs) And I think you're you're special. I think you're beautiful. Wow. (laughs) On the inside. Why are you wearing a hat today, huh? Uh, Because I didn't shower for four days. No, I'm just kidding. Because I I, I showered today. I just, I don't know. I just want to wear, it was a US US Open too, a tennis hat, you know. Roger's not playing. Uh, He's, what? (laughs) 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 No. um, I just didn't want to wash. I didn't want to do my hair. Oh, okay. People have been asking for the hat. I got a message. uh, For a viewer who said they loved my Where's hat. Where's the RF hat? Yeah. Yeah. They loved my hat. They liked it backwards, but maybe I'll, 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 do you like it more askew? Well, I, I think I like it backwards. I think there's a certain, there fan was that, that's that fan who yeah. wrote, wrote in about the backward hat. Yeah. Anyway, no one writes in about my backward hat. No, that's true. I noticed that. Are we, are we avoiding this topic? No, we're not. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, what, oh, the parent. So what I was going to say about the parent role, uh, in toxic team culture. So you said that in terms of like telling the player about hard work and about their role, have they done enough? That sort of thing be undeniable. I think another thing a parent can do too is, um, I think like we talked about this in another episode, how you cheer for the team and your player is very interesting right. because you can teach that player, your player, and maybe even help model for other parents the idea that yeah, how important is every point? You know, how important is every win? I see a lot of parents cheering over every point, and then when their team starts to suffer a bit, they go quiet. And then that's it's, reinforcing it's such a crazy phenomenon. It is, right? and then it's the like, and then the kids pick think that every that you love them more. Like people when they listening, get points. if you think this is normal, it's not normal. Like, yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, <laughs> it should be like uh, I like the the you know the polite clap or whatever or cheer is fine, but yeah, some, some some parents go crazy. But your emotional state does not depend on the outcome of your kids. Game. Yeah, your self esteem does not. Like you know, yes, we live through our. I children. mean, maybe emotional state like. Uh, your children are a reflection of like, you. You should feel happy for them and stuff. But like, yeah, but w- but your sense of self should not hinge on whether mm-hmm. your child is a success or failure at volleyball. Mm-hmm. Your 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 joy in watching your child play should be them going through the process of, oh, um, there's some friends on the team that are becoming jerks. Oh, they're losing today. Oh, they're winning today. Or oh, they never win. Sorry, I'm laughing. But there's character. Uh, there's character building coming through the experience, right? Why you if, we, if we can change it, like uh, the kid is, what volleyball isn't who I am. It's something I do. Yeah, the parent, yeah. the parent can say, my kids, my kids' sporting life is not who I am. It's something I do. Or well, it's <laughs> well. I think the idea is that like I, like so I, it's the same rule though. Yeah, the idea like I, you just don't your child's success in volleyball does not define your life, adult parent. You know what I mean? Like you. Again, this goes back to a whole bunch of things. I think I think if a parent wants to promote positive team culture, then the best thing they can do is work on their own self-esteem. 
You yeah. Know, like you work on, you are incapable of serving others until you work on yourself, right? Like you have nothing to give until you get this in order. So as a parent, if you are, if you develop self-esteem through exercise, high achieving, painting, cooking, whatever you want to do that gives you a sense of accomplishment, do that. And I think you're ready to be a sport parent even more because now you're like, oh, this is just a, a vehicle through which my kid is learning, right? Mm-hmm. Volleyball just happens to be the vehicle that my kid is learning about life, right? Like you could take them out of that, off that volleyball court, pluck them down in a painting class, pluck them down in the dodgeball league, uh, put them in a workplace. Um, the, the volleyball is just the vehicle and, and the points are just part of that. And hopefully you see the points and the wins as a metaphor or not even the points and the wins, the, the, the development of your child in the game as a metaphor for what they're learning about hard work, tenacity, right? Um, so I think it's really what it is. Yeah. yeah, Cause we talked about this in an episode where like, you know, if you are hung up on the result or the point or even how that rally goes, there's so many things outside of your control in that rally that you better just hinge it on. Like, what have I done to get to this point? And, and what am I doing to, um, to, to, um, you know, I think I lost my train of thought. No, what am I doing? (laughs) What am I doing to, to get to this point? And it, regardless of what happens in this moment, what's my preparation like? That's it. Like I, I saw this great quote, this great interview with Kobe, Kobe Bryant recently. And it said, uh, they asked him, are you, uh, what do you hate? What, what, what more defines you? Do you hate losing or do you love winning? And he said, neither. I don't even think about those things. I just think about that moment and what I'm doing in that moment, in that second. And not even like if I win or lose that moment, it's like every moment is a test of what I've done hmm. to that point. And I, I, I totally get that because I don't even think about, like I in my, like, I don't think about winning and losing. I don't even think of losing as a failure. And I, I sort of struggle to communicate this with people around me in business too. Like where they're like, oh, are we losing money on this? Or are we, are we, oh, we're not. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're running more than ever before. I don't care if we've lost money on individual things. Cause you're, you it's, two, it's a mindset. You both are talking about self-competition. You're now switched into competing against yourself yeah. instead of, it doesn't matter who you're across the court from or who you are in the economy amongst yeah. your, your other competitors. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you know, like what you're, yeah, you're just competing against yourself. I think that's what I yeah. kind of get out of that from Kobe because. Yeah. And, and you're just like, you're, um, you're not defining it even in traditional, like everybody else defines things by like, you know, wins, losses, dollars, cents, profits and losses. Something absolute, yeah. Or, or just something that's very um, non-process based. It's results based. Yeah, and, right. And I think if you're truly results, and we talked about this with like, right. remember thinking about the, how my past goes versus like, no, no, maybe thinking more about is my platform headed in the right direction, not where the ball even, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think it's more of a process-based obsession that you're not even thinking on the same level as other people go, oh, wow, you lost a lot of money on that. And I'm like, no, I, I don't really, I don't, it's it's all steps towards yeah. something else. Yeah. And it's like, I just see it as like, so I was talking with someone today about like tournaments, right? And we we're like, oh man, we had a rough summer with tournaments. I'm like, well, we ran like 10 of them uh, in the past say, few dude. weeks uh, versus, you know, we, we used to run four a year. And now, like, we're running, we ran 10 in the yeah, summer, and, like, and it's been, like, 20, <laughs> right? No, but even if they suck, like, you know, even if they're small, they're still 
grown. Oh, yeah. The right. number's gone from zero yeah, or like to... five to like 20 in the past, including indoor, right? Yeah. So I'm like, that's a win to me, yeah. even if they suck. Yeah. Um, but they're building, right? Yeah. And it's a process. So it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't think of it the same way as other people, I guess. But I, and I'm truly baffled that they don't see that. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I mean, like in terms of a parent, like when you're when you're trying to teach your kid something, um, if you can start modeling the idea that, okay, it doesn't Big matter picture. about the result. You're growing as a person through all of this. That's just a metaphor for what you're doing, like, you know, or, or a vehicle through which you're developing. I'm not going to lie. I, I, it's really fun when I get to say that, especially to adults, like, like last night and we just started another clinic and then we were doing uh, like they're about beginner intermediates mm. and something simple but very difficult is to just forearm pass the ball to yourself uh down the court uh-huh. you know what i mean uh-huh, so uh-huh. but uh, but also but having your feet planted so you're like like an actual pass not giving like, yourself some time to move under. yeah 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 give yourself some time get there get your feet planted make the contact read the trajectory move again right and it, it's mm. a physical you need to you need to move fast get planted get low right and it, and it's it was very it's very difficult. You know, yeah. This is a very difficult task for beginners. So they were they were forearm passing it forward, getting underneath it, running, planting, yes. attempting again to. For, yeah, yeah, very difficult. Yes, and then yeah. I, and I and I had to like fifteen seconds in, I had a, a pause. I was like, everyone hold the balls, hold the balls. <laughs> and then I was and you then, punished and you punished them with no laps. <laughs> but that's that was exactly where I needed to say, and I did like process over results. Like yeah. everyone's getting frustrated that they're not. Cause I demonstrated, I'm mm-hmm. like, don't try to do what I did or like have, have it look like it's not going to be your, like that. Yeah. Your standard is too high. Yeah. yeah. Like focus on the things. Cause we had built it up the footwork, the platform and everything. And I'm like, focus on those. And that's, that's the victory. And then you lose control, just reset and start again. Mm-hmm. Right. In fairness though, you had them do it for six hours straight. So <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny, man. But then after that, it went from like, cause I was literally seeing people's frustration and like anger in their faces mm. to then actually like a, a look of afterwards once once we got water like of, of some satisfaction that they've like done something hard and then it's and it's good like it's not like no one's mad at you for not doing it perfectly right you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, yeah i just because I, I was like a little worried i'm like no the people are getting mad so then i was like a oh, process over results and then it kind of changed yeah. everything right yeah it's good it takes the pressure off the the result and yeah. lets them understand that you're on the path to something here yeah uh, and enjoy that right uh, that's a good one too, because like, I think it ties in with something you mentioned there, like, you know, people getting angry. I think another toxic thing that happens in teams is coaches. Um, when a coach gets overly uh, angry at accidents during gameplay or practice, I think what they're doing is they're teaching their team to play scared. And then that team will talk about growth, right? Like you said off the top, that team will cease to grow because then those players are afraid to take risks. So there's a fear among the players. So coaches' reactions, whether it's an eye roll, um, yelling during the game at something, screaming at mistakes, that really, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen young players really like buckle up, tense up, look over at the coach like we always talk about. And they make more mistakes, not fewer. And then when the coach carries that anger into practice, you will get players who are afraid to go for it. They play timid, they play afraid. And that's another one of those moments that the team might go back to the change room and say, why is she screaming or he's screaming Mm. so much? And man, you know, I'm terrified out there when I play. I'm afraid to mess up because I'll get benched, you know, or get hooked right away. Uh, 
coaches benching for the wrong reasons, yelling for the wrong reasons, getting angry it, at, at like, you know, mistakes on the court is crazy because then it just makes players play scared. And it, it just ensures that they'll make more mistakes because they're mentally now preoccupied with something yeah. that they shouldn't be. So yeah. that's another one that I found that just makes for a bad team culture, teams playing afraid. Yeah, um, the, the anger one is, uh, yeah, probably not. And especially in the situation where if the coach isn't actually, like, walking the walk. Yeah. Right? But even even if they are, the anger thing probably isn't. Because like, the best coach I had, they would sometimes, like, get pretty mad on the side of the court when we were just mentally checked out, right? Our yeah. attitude was not there. Yeah. That's um, a little different. Like, if you're, like, remember, I, I had that moment when I told you where my kids were, like, goofing around on the beach. Yeah. And mentally laughing. And I, so I was upset at the the mindset. Mindset stuff is a little bit different, I think. Yeah. When, but when it's the skill of an error. Yes. Uh, that, like, you know, they're shanking or something. And you're like, come on, screaming at them. That's not going to make them pass better. No. Uh, and, and sometimes you might need to call the team over and tell them to relax a bit. You guys are playing too tense, right? Play loose. It's okay. It doesn't matter. And then watch the passing get better. Yeah, intensity. That was always a, a, a tough thing. It's a tough line between intensity and tense. Right? Yeah. It's funny, eh? The two words, intense and tense. Yeah. Yeah. Because huh. tense is in the word intensity. Yeah. Intense. Yeah. Tense in. Intense. <laughs> <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough, I don't think. It's kind of like what the split hop does. It, like... uh you know, loads the muscles, right? Mm. So you are tense in a way, yes. but uh, but yeah, you want to be calm. It's just like it's whatever this, this flow state is. It's mm-hmm. hyper ready, but also like not thinking or mm-hmm. however you describe it. Mm-hmm. What I else am, do I have down here? I am the wind. I am the the fart in the wind. I am the walrus. The fart of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Who has seen the wind? Uh, yeah. So I think some things that the the teammates can can do together is probably like socializing together you know like when when you're at like those big tournaments you know you're playing but then when you're off the courts just how try to be if so for any of the players out there listening just try to talk to all of your teammates right Mm. don't try to don't try to be cliquey and like this isn't this isn't high school you're in an opportunity to experience sports Mm -hmm. right and Take this opportunity. Oh, my voice again. Take this opportunity to, <laughs> yeah, to talk with everyone because it's not about popularity and stuff. You're here to win battles, in achieve a, way. a goal together. Yeah, and yeah. like like sport, very funny, eh? Sports it, to me, it's an analogy of like of of hunting or like even battle back in the day. I mean, the Olympics started off with all the sports were of weapon throwing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that sports Wasn't it marathon marathon no, was the first. No, one, like it? javelin toss and like I think the marathon was the first Olympic event. No, I'm pretty. It was like the crazy decathlon and like the chariot riding, which comes from war and javelin maybe, toss maybe. and discus. But isn't and the like, marathon the first one? Isn't that why it's like marathon in Greece? Yeah. Well, maybe, but that would have been one sport of it. Yeah, you're right. The decathlon. It's yeah. not like, and they did it naked too. <laughs> Footnote. <laughs> Imagine sprinting naked. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Yeah, that. Would... I mean, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> As for me, that's like. That's how you get inner, it bigger. That's how you get it bigger. Right? Inner thigh bruising. I would like take Whoa, off. Whoa, stop it. Stop it. You can't say things like that. I just oh, said inner not? thigh bruising. Inner thigh? <laughs> For the running. <laughs> pumping of the thighs. Don't okay, you, so anyway, Don't you tuck so, and run? So, well, I can't now. I can't now. <laughs> like in, in ancient Greece, I can't. 
Anyway, so uh, javelin. <laughs> yeah, javelin. <laughs> to me, sport is is yeah like a, a a modern reflection on war and hunting in a way, right? Mm. So these are things where you need to be a cohesive unit, right? Yeah. Yeah, literally, we use those references like you know, going to battle with someone, and I a, think yeah. a spike point is called a kill. Yeah, like isn't that funny? Eh? Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> kill, kill. No, but like, yeah. uh, but sports are that, right? <laughs> We're sort of figuring out that our whole lives. <laughs> Wait a second, very archaic sort of. Anyway, uh, no, but I think that that's a huge thing. Like you know, a team block or blocking the enemy's attack. It's yeah, like, it's all very war related. Attack line, right? Yeah. Um, the the athlete yeah i when i see this too whenever i see an athlete playing that sort of like you know cool kid in school garbage yeah i just think that they're missing the point right and and sometimes coaches foster that too right because they have their own little clique with and it's like they never grew up right like i just again rooted in what low self-esteem right it always goes back to low self-esteem the the confident people don't do that stuff because they don't feel the need to belittle others to make themselves feel good about themselves so it's kind of a weird thing but if you're a player who is like excluding other players on your team just know that to anybody watching that or seeing that they can clearly see that you don't like yourself (laughs) <laughs> you are yeah. the insecure one, right? So just, you know, again, work on things that build up your self-esteem or just better yet, start accepting everybody. And then you'll realize that, you know, that that little insecure, terrified kid in you is in everybody. And um, you you just start to become more open and accepting of people and, and not so judgmental. And, and then the team becomes better, the, the culture of the team. Yeah. People have more fun. They're not, again, worried about what you think about them or... Because if I'm thinking back at that age, I, I loved competing with the teammates that I was cl- friends with. Mm. Or I not I didn't have to be friends. I actually, a lot of these guys I'm thinking of, I didn't really hang out with them outside of volleyball in high school. At high school, we didn't even talk that together that much. But yeah. then we went to club vo- ball in the evening and then we would compete like crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was the best thing ever. So we just had this mutual just like... I don't know what to call it, but it was it was awesome. But the thing is that that's difficult to have that feeling with a new teammate that I didn't know. But maybe right. like there was uh, parts of the game I looked up to, and I wanted to have that connection with them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the way uh, the ways in which I fostered it was by competing with them, and then starting to see that smile on each other's face after you just ran lines or something, or like hitting a ball, and then they say giving you the low high five. Like it just it starts there with all of those little small. Th- gestures on the court like yeah positive feedback um inclusivity yeah and like an encouragement and like hustling together and like actually acknowledging your body language looking eye, eye, eye contact um all those like little things and then as you're saying it if you are all like kind of connected in that way you don't feel like you're in any way disconnected or there's certain players on your team that you don't connect with mm-hmm. if, if, if you don't connect with them you're not going to have that inter-competitive thing going on and that's the best part because that's how you're all going to come up together yeah and and here's another great point too because you touched on a few things there like and i i sort of have this philosophy when we're running programs too like i will say to our coaches like make sure the kids are exhausted sweaty and smiling yeah every practice like i always think that the teams that have this toxic you know in team fighting or belittling of teammates I, i i still think there's that element of the coach isn't keeping that team busy enough If every practice you don't feel like you've gone through this real struggle together and you're drenched in sweat and you're laughing and exhausted, 
like there's no time for politics or drama on a team right. that is busy. You know, that's what parents do, right? Like parents keep their teenagers busy and those teenagers end up pretty good because they're like too too busy to get messed up in stupid crap. Yeah. And the coach is the same. Like if you if mm. you keep your practices intense and moving and exhausting and switching people around, putting them in situations where they have to depend on people they don't expect to depend yeah. on and vice versa, then that leads to a great practice and the kids are exhausted, sweaty and smiling at the end of it. I think that that's how you get rid of drama. And you haven't even talked about the chemicals going on in their brain. Yes. Right. Yep. Like just working hard, sweating, you're all these like amazing, yeah, like neurotransmitters, whatever, endorphins, feel good drugs, basically. Uh, Serotonin, you know, the drug responsible for making us feel included and Mm -hmm. like welcome and part of like a tribe and stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, you're, you're amping up all that stuff. Now the, all the, the barriers, like the ego is so diminished, you know, it's in a much more less active state after a practice that if there is a player, like say your, your son or daughter, like doesn't talk to this one player, but likely after the end of a practice, they're not going to, they're going to be confident. They're not going to worry about any judgment. They'll just go and talk to them or something or say great, great practice or whatever. And like my favorite thing is like when, when you force them onto a team together of threes or something, and then that player that they didn't like is the one who gets the kill or the hit that wins it or the serve. And then they're like high-fiving them. Yeah. Like that's, that's a good thing. A practical thing for coaches, exhausting drills with new partners and, you know, goals of like first team to five and the punish the teams in a fun way. Yeah. When, if they lose, like that's, that's I love doing that. I love doing the changing partners in uh, in practice for Pepper. Yeah, it's, and then and then in whatever twos, threes comp uh, composition like drills. It's so great. My wife and I do that too. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, wrong show. Hey, wrong you, didn't, po- you didn't say your name this time. Wrong Jeez. podcast. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. So no. Yeah. If you're doing uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> That's our standard joke. Anyway. Um, uh, so what were we saying? Yeah. So there's a toxic, uh, yeah. I think you can tire a team out. Uh, you can actually, like, I, I always thought that, that t- kids with spare time have this infighting on their team and a well-coached team that with a well-organized practice, that's exhausting. Yeah. No time for that crap. And everybody leaves there with the happiness hormones, the dopamine, the endorphins are going. And then, and then they've actually seen that player that they disrespected come through in the clutch or like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. they're yeah. struggling with them like that that's something else like a coach like if you if you notice there's like a few players on your team that are on the outskirts and there's like a cool kid that sort of is the one that sort of messes with that kid put them together put them together yeah. in a drill and make them stick with it um and just see what happens because like you know I mean, yes, it can backfire. You have to be careful. You have to monitor, like, if the kid's struggling and really low-level skill or something like that and is always dropping the ball. But nine times out of ten, um, it, it, let's suppose you mix the partners up and then they have some success if, with if better If it backfires, players. you have things to, to say to that kid, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. if, if that kid's acting more of a jerk, then you, like, call yeah. him aside and then it's What's an opportunity to say, yeah, why don't you build them up? Watch how they play if yeah. you build them up versus tear them down. That's a, a great beach conversation, right? Like beach partners like it's such a great sport because the, the one teammate might learn like listen your reaction is going to make your partner play worse and you're going to make a mistake eventually yeah and is the goal here to win or not yeah. if, if the goal is here to win then all of your, our reactions are going to affect our ability to win either positively yeah, or yeah. negatively your yeah. choice so if you want to roll your eyes and be a jerk as a coach as a parent as a player 
then that's probably going to hurt your team a lot. And it versus if you're positive with that teammate, like, come on, let's go. You got this, or we can do this or next one. Don't worry about it. That's going to make them play better. You know, there's not, I mean, I think in life, right. If, if volleyball is a metaphor for life, um, then don't we all want to be supported at when times are rough? Yeah. Right. Like, does anybody want someone to go, yeah, you are a bit of a, you know, you know, you kind of deserve this, you know, <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> like uh you're kind yeah. of a, you're kind of a jerk so one comment. like yeah. something rough happens you're like well you know <laughs> karma <laughs> karma chameleon well that would be that yeah exactly that would be versus karma. like hey you know what i believe in you and i think you can pull through this that's a little nicer than <laughs> you know maybe was that one <laughs> olympics though where uh we saw we were watching the in beach two's women's and then uh, they had to call the timeout and we could hear the conversation oh, boy, and it was yes. like she just missed her serve <laughs> and she's like you i believe in you you could do this oh. and it was like clearly not well. genuine there was a lot of yeah and that tension team, behind that, those words. And that, that, well what it was was the like the team, the team broke up after this yeah thing. and the so the original was the audio was like can you so the first thing yeah like it, the player swore at the other player like can you effing get your serve over oh that's how it started and, yeah, then, yeah. and then and then like just you sh- something like silence you, you just and gotta get you just gotta get your effing serve over. yeah and then there was silence from the other team <laughs> and this is all being picked up on live tv uh, yeah and then the player like understood that she was being too harsh so then she said i believe in you her anger like into a supportive talk but it was too late yeah and and the player continued to struggle and um, and the problem wasn't there in the game the problem was already before the game yes there like, was a team yeah. we're just seeing it yeah, yeah that's a <laughs> symptom of a deeper issue that predated that one yeah. match but um and both are great athletes they just didn't work that well together yes and they're yeah, both doing yeah. very well right now on different yes teams. yeah the mindset so. you knew there was a mindset inconsistency on that beach team when they were sort of paired together by the yeah. nation uh and they parted ways and it worked out for the best i think for both of them but uh yeah it's just that that supportive genuinely supportive personality i mean like I, like we said like that play <laughs> that player was probably justified in their anger because yeah, like, i think she, it yeah, was an that, alarming yeah. number of misserves <laughs> uh but um yeah but it really has to it really matters who you're who you're talking to and then and again, it predates, like, the reason why that player was probably missing their service was because there was a history of a little bit of, like, pushing and maybe yeah. negative vibe from the teammate, right? It's tricky when you're playing with mismatched uh, personalities, you know? Um, especially in beach, it comes out. Especially in beach. That's why it's such a good mental exercise. Like, yeah. if you want to talk about mental training, just yeah. play beach, you know? Uh, the, the the idea of team chemistry, attitude, encouragement, positivity, well, that, strength, yeah. mental training, the exhaustion of it, you know, messing up in the heat and sand is like like a semi torture, yeah. you know, for an athlete, and then you got to go do it again, you know, it's just it's it's a real grind. So, but yeah, anything else on your list of uh hmm. toxic or sorry hmm. like positive team culture? I think we got. Parents doing things. We got players. Uh, their their reactions matter. Coaches' reactions. Um, I think the only thing I just had was was regarding accountability, and maybe it's we're more afraid of you know calling a friend or a teammate out on something, hmm. you know, or a parent calling their kid out on something, which right, you know, we kind of got into the confidence and insecurity. Yeah. So, because I think that's yeah, that's something. 
I think accountability ties in with that consistency it of ties rules. In with the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Because I think so. Coaches holding themselves and their players accountable for things is very cool. I like it when coaches like. Yes, there's a difference between a coach and players. I think there is. Like the coach has a different life, but it is kind of fun when a coach is like, "Oh, I was late for practice, and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna take on That's, the punishment." You know, even though I have a life and I have I might have you know other obligations and. But I am part of this team, and I think that's cool too. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. Sometimes I like the fact that when a coach asserts themselves as a little apart, like apart from the team, because they're not buddy buddy, so that's important. Yeah. But at the same time, there is that whole like I don't know if a coach needs to punish themselves, but it's kind of funny to do. Like kids like it. Yeah. I like it when coaches say things like you know I'll shave my head if we don't uh, whatever do something. Hopefully they don't base it on a on a win or a loss, but if they base it on something, you know, uh, I mean they can. It's fun, right? In some moments. But again, you're reinforcing the idea that the the victory is like it'd be yeah. cool if it was based on a skill. Like if, if we can do X well tomorrow night, because um, then the win might take care of itself right. anyway, right? Just so it'd be just good to teach yeah. the players that difference. But if we can um, spin serve well or something. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I think one thing like I think like to build a good team culture. We talked about it a little bit, like the drills idea, like. Your practices, man, if they, if they can be like a lot of like goal-based, exhausting sort of King's Court. I love King's Fun, and Queen's Court. Yeah. Like, I think that's such a good game with a goal. If there's a goal like first team to 10 wins or whatever, I think if you finish every practice with that, I, I think that's a, the best team bonding. I, will, I always think it's funny when people talk about team bonding ideas for volleyball teams because i'm like you know that most corporations will, <laughs> will have their staff come up to play volleyball as the team bond yeah as, so yeah like when they go let's go uh, tree top trekking i'm like why don't you just play a volleyball tournament yeah. with like you know twos or something and and that that's the ultimate team bonding <laughs> experience i think is the sport itself yeah. right um but i get it i mean if you want to change it up or something or see each other in a different light like you know uh, uh, what do you call those uh lockaway rooms what do you call them again oh emerge what do they call miss, them? uh oh Escape rooms. There we go. Escape I was rooms. like, breakaway? <laughs> no, that's like at a conference and a breakout rooms. Yeah, breakout rooms, yeah. But, uh, yeah, escape rooms and stuff could be fun, problem solving, see people in a different light, I guess. But I, I still think that the game is what it takes, and that's how you know, that's how you can really build a, a, a positive team culture. Because sometimes when you take it off the court, you're getting into an area where it's easier to be a bully or easier to be a down talking you know how the kids dress you know some kid could be dressed cool off the court at the team party or something or one kid drinks or something and another kid doesn't drink and stuff like that not that kids should drink but i'm just saying you know what i mean hmm. uh, what are you at, talking about? well i'm talking about like if you take these team building exercises off the court oh it just opens up a, a whole other world of like bullying yeah. type things that can happen whereas the sports kind of like we talked about it I can exhaust it yeah it, it exhausts yeah. a kid and, and puts them in their element and you know, releases the, the hormones that, that gets them less self-conscious. Yeah. You know? So, uh, can you think of what, what, like, have we other, like, what are some other things coaches can do or parents or players to make the thing? Like we talked about a lot of what not to do is, can you think of some of the best things that made you like your team have a good vibe? Um, well, yeah. So we, I mean, as supportive teammates was, was a, was a huge one. It was pretty cool on the, the one varsity team I played on. It was one of the guys who wasn't a starter, right? Mm-hmm. But he loved volleyball. Uh, he actually went on to become like a TSN broadcaster. He just loved sports. Really? Yeah. And he was, I think I think he was like our fourth setter. <laughs> oh, wow. But he was, and this is kind of unique to him, to his personality. So like preseason training, um, this guy, like we had to go run basically around the city, like way too many kilometers. And, but he would be, he always led the run. 
Mm. Right. And he always led a whole bunch of these like physical activities or like, so he was kind of like an amp up guy on yeah, our team. Energy guy, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't a starter. Yeah. Right. And he knew it and he took this role on, but That's he cool. always like grinded it out whenever he was on. So whenever we did like starters versus bench or whatever, and then you mix up like what, it didn't matter what the drill was. Mm. This guy was always going to come at you. That's cool. Right. So having like a pit bull on the team, um, we had this excellent like inter competition where starting positions weren't always locked in. Right. Cool. And, and this fostered it really well. And he thrived in, in this. Right. And then, yeah. So something like that is just, it was really neat experience when I first got there and then it was like training camp and then we just like ran for kilometers and then we do all this other physical stuff. But we, I had this, like this guy in particular, yeah. and then there was other guys actually uh, who weren't starters, but they're just, amazing attitude some role there yeah, yeah they and they filled, just yeah they they push and like i couldn't i couldn't not do this to let him down even though he's not a starter i can't let him that's down that's interesting you yeah. know what i mean that's so cool it, yeah it, it gave it sounds like like you're talking about like it's almost like your coach actually put people on the team who had those qualities yeah. in the first place right? and some put them positive. in that role yeah right like bringing like that's an interesting one that i think don't think coaches do enough is selecting people who are energy people mm. uh, and if they're not starters they can still be leaders on the team that and you hear about this in pro sports all the time right there's guys who are on, on yeah. pro sports teams no matter football hockey soccer basketball who are energy guys and yeah. they aren't going to get a lot of minutes but they're valuable yeah to the team yeah and that's a good that's a good thing right assigning roles to players keeping your eyes open for other like skills other strengths yeah yeah yeah. and having them lead in that that's pretty cool yeah that's a tricky one for i mean that's a good i mean was that uh where was that Uh, was it ryerson yeah that's what i was thinking because that's (laughs) i didn't think it was good yeah and i and and what they did was was amazing for what the team achieved you Mm -hmm. know like and that was such a well cohesive unit yeah um the whole team i can't imagine yeah there's there wasn't any infighting at all so and it'd be cool to see like did that i'll bet you any money that that coach probably took uh that player over someone more skilled i think in volleyball interesting like you know what i mean i guarantee you they did because that that sounds like someone who knows what they're doing like so that that's sort of like this idea of what we see like you know that means that was a coach who saw some character yeah. and put them on the team like a fourth setter like you know what i mean like a lot of teams wouldn't even have a fourth setter right uh yeah i think it was fourth. yeah because you're probably one, yeah. were you running the six two back then might have no been. no you're running five one, five yeah. one yeah. yeah of course you would be what i'm talking about yeah we had snake <laughs> as a right I forgot, yeah i forgot yeah. You're not, you're not as old as me yeah. <laughs> aren't you older than me um and then the other yeah, thing that's right yeah yeah that's we, right. Had, Ryan, we had the best yeah hitter yeah, yeah best lefty yeah um we would get into other drills like and they didn't make him set <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right you imagine? no overpasses um no sorry uh just like the the kings of queens court I, I think i mentioned this before but like my favorite thing was like three on three back row because it somewhat evened the playing field somewhat mm-hmm. we had like this guy who was like six nine lefty like obviously he was could hit sea balls like yeah the attack line but yep. you put him on a team with two other people and and it kind of evens it out a little bit, right? So we could get into these like grind matches where, again, it would be points based, and the team that wins maybe it's it's like three three bench guys on that team or something, or two bench guys and like a, and a rookie or something, yeah. just because you can still get the ball up. It's it, it kind of gives more uh, equal opportunity or more fairness, right? And you can just like have some really like great battles that way and yeah. that was, those were some of the most fun practices i and had like, and you remember them to this day right yeah so and cool. i and i do remember like 
I do remember the growing pains. I remember like my first few months there, like I was awful and I was nervous. Mm, same as me. Yeah. But like they, I went back to practice every day and like I got my injuries worked on and like I kept playing and then I got better and no one yep. ever, I mean, older players were a little cold to me. Yep. Same with me. Right. Yep. That's, that is what it is. And yep. then I just, but I was already used to that, I think, because I had the opportunity in club to play up and mm -hmm. I've, I've seen the cold shoulder and I get it, but it's like, whatever i was invited here for a reason so yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna do that thing or whatever yeah that got me here and then we'll go from there right? and those are insecure older players you know they were also looking back right in your mind well, in your mind's memory they were old but really they were only like 19 so no they, these are 20 they were all 23 plus and then there but still still, still still oh yeah i had still, I, yeah, yeah still yeah. insecure like that you don't give someone the cold shoulder unless you're insecure. Like even like I was talking today with someone about my. Sorry, my, I shouldn't say cold shoulder, but it was more just like, who are you? Yeah. Like we're yet to see. But there's who you in are. group, out group, and yeah, yeah. yeah, I had that. Like I was just talking about that today with my captain, my 24 year old captain when I was first year. I was 17, right, and in a time where everybody else was 19. And like he used to make fun of me all the time about like, how skinny I was. Yeah, yes, how skinny I was, and how uh, you're skinny. You, I was skinny. Yes, oh. yeah. I I basically I, I you was, were blonde hair. Once, I actually right? yeah I was blonde and skinny. <laughs> actually, the only thing I, I got stung by a bee and it never went away. <laughs> so it's just like this is all an allergic. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, and the more I eat, the, the more it brings out the donut inflammation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a donut reaction. <laughs> I don't even like donuts. Um, it's actually muscle turned to fat. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. quit body shaming me. Um, <laughs> you can turn it back. Yeah. <laughs> I have dysmorphia the, the, the other way where I think it looks amazing. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> the other way. The yeah. other way. I have promorphia. <laughs> That's the medical term. No, but the uh, uh, the idea is that, like, you know, my captain was 24, and he was, like, so mean to me. But in fairness, he was very um, praiseworthy of me when I, like, you know, when I did do good things. He was, like, the happiest guy to see me do stuff. Like, cool. I told you that moment where, like, yeah. where I got my first, like, real crank, I remember. And he was, like, oh, my God. Yeah. He was, like, praising. So I felt really good. And I remembered it because of the verbal abuse before. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do look back, and I do say to, you know, I do know that he was obviously an insecure guy. Because you wouldn't make, you wouldn't crap on your teammates for no. every mistake unless you're, you're not a rookie. And especially when there's a huge, like seven years older than me. When I yeah. think, like somebody said that to me, I was talking about it and they were like, oh my God, he was seven years older than you. I never even really, yeah. I never even really thought of that. I was like, oh yeah, he was seven years older <sighs> than me. That was quite a bit. Um, but, um, but it's, it's a, it's in a powerful thing, right? Like what a teammate um if they're confident and again i think i don't think our coach was very great at making sure that our practices were like you know super intense and there was no time for like mm. crapping on people or um but it was i mean you know i had a great time in varsity sports and a lot of that was because the teammates were supportive i do remember the, the older guys that were really supportive and um so yeah I don't know what the the point of that was, but mm. uh, what, what started that? You, you feel supported. You said <laughs> oh, uh, it was just about on the unique team where we had like the, the energy guy, right? And, yeah, and the experience of like being a rookie and being given that opportunity and just yeah, like not being crapped on or whatever, yeah. right? And then I was able to do my thing and then be be able to contribute, right? Mm -hmm. I could be on the court and then no one would oh. be worrying. It's yeah. like oh. Eric's on the court, like we got an issue. No, it was like I was on the court. <laughs> Something must have for gone. a reason, right? Yes, that's a good point. It yes. took a while, but it, yeah, yeah, got to that point. That's what it was. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, the idea of a team like that, where I love the fact that. Do you think your coach? I wonder, like, you know, 
putting on a fitness guy or like, like that, that's an interesting thing, you know, cause it, and he, it's a funny thing. This guy, he was an energy guy, but he wasn't exactly a fitness guy. He had yeah. like a little bit of a beer gut. Yeah. Well, not a beer. It was just like, he was just, just a heavy stocky guy. Yeah. He yeah. was more like a hot, like a rugby t- player type yeah. build. When but, did, um, when did you start body shaming everybody? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, and, you know what, uh, what else, this team that it was, worked really well, we, they, they went to a game. They're playing like the number two team because we were the number one. Mm. And then the starters end up playing because they're out the night before partying, doing whatever. Right. Play an awful first set. Yep. Right. And here's the opportunity. Comes along. Bench and rookies got to go in. And we go in. See, that's an awesome coach. Yeah. And we start to shut him down. We win the second set. Mm. What does he do? Leaves us in for the third. Nice. Right? And then the good thing is that the other guys, they are, they're up and they're cheering for us. They're not like yeah, that's heads great, down. Like, see, that's a good coach. Yeah. The coach causes that, right? Yeah. Because the coach will nip that crap in the bud or show them that they need to be supportive. And he, yeah, and he did it quite like you. Well, you know this coach. He was never one to be outbursts of anger mm-hmm. like he's just like first set ended we lost puts the thing in this is who he just quietly and calmly does it this yep. is who's going in yep this is what we're gonna he just moves on right and everybody knows everyone Why. knows Why. yeah yep. yeah and then yeah everyone knew everyone knew what they had done wrong but mm-hmm. it's also like this is a sport of volleyball where the mistake the the you lose the point you move on yep okay so we're going on to the second set and then sure enough and then i think it went to well, yeah, it went into the fourth. We won in the fourth, and it was a mixture of yep. some of the 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 bench end starters, and yep. I think, and then they closed it out, and it was like then we partied that night because it was such yes, a huge win, a huge team win, a huge team win, yeah, yeah. and and guys who didn't get to uh, typically lead come through in the clutch. Their confidence goes through the roof, and the yep. right message is sent to the starters who didn't do their job. And they, but he still gave them a chance to come in and prove themselves, I'm sure. And he would have subbed out people that were still didn't have it, kept in the starters who had it. That's how you coach, right? Like, that is just like the ultimate in meritocracy. And it like, felt so good, man. Yeah. It felt like yeah. so good for... Yeah. And, yeah. And, and most coaches today, like a lot of coaches today, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of coaches today would have rode those starters and just flipped out at them. And then the bench feels bad because they didn't get to play. The starters feel yeah. bad because they're getting reamed. And the coach is powerless because they did nothing versus yeah. a coach that even if he lost that match or even if he lost with the bench at least everybody in that room would have like the the bench feels good because they got a chance yeah the coach uh doesn't need to freak out because he did the right thing the right thing that we talked about earlier and the and the starters learn the lesson and that whole team improves even if they lost because they're, everybody walks away with the right feelings out of that match. Like we, the starters let people down by partying. Yeah. The bench got their fair shot because the starters went out and the coach did the right thing. Everybody leaves that gym knowing what should have happened happened versus the other way where it's just like watching something fall off a cliff. Yeah. Everything wrong gets compounded by another wrong decision, another it's, wrong decision. It's and probably important like how you rebound after that, like how what your next practice is like, mm, I would think. If you lost? Yeah, if you lost, right? Yes, yeah, the discussion. For sure, after. The, the people who made the error, like they, they should be feeling it and they will be. And hopefully you don't have anyone pointing the finger at anyone else. It's like, yep. or maybe a little bit of that, like, and, but then you get on like, and I, I think this is where the physical aspect of the sport is so good. You can have some of that blame game, but then you get out on the court and you're working hard and we, like, you definitely made us work hard, mm-hmm. right? So you're out, you're sweating and then, and then that, then it just, it's forgotten about and you move right. on. Yeah. I think, I think the key is like in the follow up for something like that, if there's any coach listening to this or parent or player, like 
I think the focus is always on what's next. Like, so if you are having that practice yeah, like, don't. and you're like, okay, so what guys, what happened that match? And you ask people, well, we went out and party too hard. We sort of let the team down and the bench says, yeah, we came in. Maybe we, we didn't perform as well as we could have, but we haven't had the chance. But see, if the coach gives the bench a lot of chances, yeah. then they probably do perform. And but, that- but the key is, so the key is like, you don't just point fingers you accept people accept their get role it out. Yeah, right? you, and then you talk about and how can we avoid it yeah and then and, and then, then you move on yeah and, and and you know that's where then the team gets to police each other a little bit in the right way where like people are like gonna go out and party the night before like no listen do you remember what happened last time yeah remember that talk Literally. we had in practice and odds are everybody will like they're athletes at that point and that's where you as a coach are a teacher not just a coach that's why i remember we were talking with Hugh McCutcheon a few episodes back and you know that that idea that teachers need uh, coaches need to think of themselves as teachers, because uh, you're teaching life skills here, right? Like it's r- r- irrelevant what happened on the volleyball court. You want those young men or women to understand that their actions have consequences, and that if they work hard, they will be rewarded. Like these are universal laws, right? That that you want athletes to take from sport. Um, so I think that's how you that's how you create a positive team culture. You just think of those universal laws, those things that. You know, people should be should be doing and should be gaining from life. That you, the lessons you want them to learn in life are how you should coach the team. Yeah, right. Think of those universal things that everybody needs to learn in life. Those good rules for living a life. You know, and then and then you coach that way. Right. So if you're not culturing <laughs> good team culture, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to stop talking. So oh, sorry. Yeah. So you weren't even listening. Why? okay everybody well that's uh an hour and 20 minutes so that was a pretty long longer episode than we thought but uh, we hope you enjoyed it episode number 53 and we will see you next time on volleyballology oh <laughs> see ya <laughs> what was that song What's the big idea?